Hey, I'm excited this morning. We get to share with you a little bit about uh, what God is doing here in this place as we look forward to 2020 together. Uh, I know I mentioned it last week, but I've asked the elders to be a part of this. We're an elder-led church. We really believe that we are better together than we are as individuals, and so you'll be hearing from them a little bit uh, this morning as well. And so I'm excited to spend uh, these moments with you. Deja vu. Deja vu. Hey, there you are. I noticed um, we have different size stools. You want me to get on the smaller one? So I'm well, I mean, I think Billy should probably have a taller one. <laughs> Well, no, I, like, I'm a short guy. That's not a short joke. I'm just, I, have a, I have a tall one, but that's okay. Um, before, before we look together toward uh, 2020, I've asked uh, Chris, if he would, uh, to share some of the things that we're thankful for, just as a, as a church, as an elder board, as we look back to uh, last year. About a month ago, the elders uh, went away just for, for a night and uh, prayed together, thank God for what he has done and what we believe that he's doing in the days ahead. Um, but I asked Chris to share some of those things with you, and then he's going to kick us off uh, in prayer following that. So here you go, Chris. Thank you. Good morning, Christ Point again. It's good to see you again. Um, so, yeah, as James mentioned this morning, we're going to talk about vision again and um, dream about God's vision for this church and uh, you guys. Uh, but uh, before we do that, let me, let me highlight some of the things that we have come through and we've gone through. Uh, in the year of 2019. Um, a few weeks ago, we got together at a, uh, at a house and had a, just like a, um, a visioning, you know, retreat. And we had a great time together. These guys are a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, uh, and just came away from that, seeing where we had come from and how we had uh, gone through 2019. So um, first things, we transitioned from the Y to Cox Mill. And, uh, that, this was a big deal. This is not something that's just, you know, you think about five minutes and then, okay, let's go do it. Uh, it took a few weeks of planning, and we had uh, key people in the right place. So when, when things did pop up, um, those things were taken care of. And we just thank God for those people that, uh, you know, anytime you move into a new place, <laughs> there's, uh, there's just a lot of learning curve and knowing where the light switches are and things like that. And sometimes it just takes time to figure all that out. But it, it really went extremely smooth. Um, and God just blessed us with incredible people. So that was the first thing, and we just want to thank God for that and for the use of this space. So this, is, this is really a, a great place to be. Um, this facility, which is kind of cool, this facility came about, it opened up at the exact time that we needed it. Uh, it's exceptionally more than we were looking for and for less money. So if that uh, isn't an answer to prayer, I don't know what is. So. Um, Next, we've also been encouraged by the number of uh, new volunteers that have stepped up. Uh, we, you said you come up with a number. I, I'm going to go with your number of 20, so that sounds good. But we, we think there's about 20 new volunteers that have stepped up in, in all of these areas. Um, uh, we're talking about Christ Point kids, Christ Point students, setup teams, AV teams, prayer team, go team, worship team. All these teams have, have added bodies and, and new people, and we're just really uh, thanking God for that. Uh, some very talented people in those areas as well, so... Um, we have added new families, and we're glad for you that have come. And um, we have enjoyed sitting around the Sunday table. I don't know if you guys have been a part of that yet, but if you haven't been, we uh, would love for you to join us on Sundays uh, when we have the meals. And uh, that is just part of our, uh, one of our four E's, and pointing people to Jesus through experiencing community. And that's, uh, we really just thank God for that new aspect that just has become real popular, and we're just thankful that you can be a part of that. Also grateful to God for the ways we're engaging our community. 
and, uh, and our world. We sent teams into Honduras and had a great mission team there. We sent uh, 200 shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child this year. That was a great, uh, a great win. Uh, we were able to support the building of a new church in the Middle East. That is just, to me, one of the highlights of 2019. I really was glad we could do that. And we were able to send a bunch of kids to camp this year. That's, that, to me, was a big win, too. So five saved in that camp trip. So that, that right there. That's probably one of the bigger highlights right there. So um, that's just an amazing year. And uh, we just want to, we know there's many more things to come. And we could continue and probably, I could probably pull out more if we'd sat here and thought about it for a while. But we just want to thank God for that, for this year, uh, past year. And it's so evident his hand has been on us. And uh, before we share some more vision, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pray and thank God for those things and thank God for you guys. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We cannot, uh, we really just have no more words uh, to say other than saying thank you. Um, James shared in our uh, opening this morning how the Christian life and receiving is so much uh, more difficult for us. Uh, we always want to be a part of what you're doing. We always want to include our efforts, but grace is receiving, and that is what we have, re we have had in this past year. We've received so much from you, and so I'm thankful for your love and your care uh, on this body of believers. I pray this morning as we share this vision for the next year that uh, each one of us would move into um, drawing closer to you, uh, pointing others to you, experiencing the four E's. Um, and so thank you again for the fact that you care for your church in, in all aspects. Um, you care for your body around the world, not just in this place. Uh, you care for that church in the Middle East that's opening up. You care for the churches in China. You care for the churches in Honduras. You care for your body of believers throughout the world. Thank you for your love and your care for us. I pray that you continue to to bring new families from this area that need to hear about Christ. Um, I pray that you'd help us to be proactive in, in bringing people around us that need to hear Christ. I pray that you'd help us to develop our own evangelism around our, uh, where in our own little worlds, our, our daily routines, help us to point people to Jesus. And I'm uh, so thankful for your love and care for us, Father. And uh, be with these guys as they continue to share um, this morning. In Christ's name, amen. And thanks so much, Chris, for sharing that. Uh, Chris mentioned it in his prayer, but we exist as a church to point people to Jesus. We want to point people to Jesus. This really comes from uh, the life of John the Baptist, if you read about his life throughout the Gospels, but specifically in uh, John chapter uh, 1. John says that he is a witness to Christ. He is someone who has been uh, placed on the earth, ultimately uh, to point other people to him. I love the story of uh, John the Baptist when uh, religious leaders come to him and they start asking John, hey, like, who are you? What's your deal? And John simply says to them, I am not the Christ. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Savior of the world. I don't know about you, but those words for me are life-giving, right? To know that it is not on us to save the world, that God invites us to participate in what he is doing in our community and our world, uh, but we are, we are not Jesus. Uh, the next day after John had this conversation, he saw Jesus coming from a distance, and he said, uh, Behold the Lamb of God that comes to take away uh, the sins of the world. Uh, John's reason for being was simply to point people to Christ. 
In John chapter 3, there's this story about John the Baptist where people had noticed that uh, some of the people who had been part of John's ministry were leaving John and going to Jesus. Right? So understand, like, you know, John, John's got a little following. He's a teacher. People are, are chasing after him. And uh, people notice that some people are leaving his little flock and they're going to be with Jesus. Right? So if you're a pastor, it's the equivalent of like, hey, like people are leaving your church and they're going down the block or they're going across town. Like, do you see this happening? And I love John's response. He, he, he heard those words and he simply said, he, Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. Right? I, I want Jesus to be seen as great and is uh, all, all encompassing and joy-filled. And if that happens uh, at the cost of me being seen as smaller, hey, I'm all in. And so we really exist as a church to point people to Jesus. We believe that life and hope is found in him. And so we want to point others uh, and ourselves uh, to the one who gives life. Maybe you're here this morning and you go, hey, that's great. Um, I like that. I'm in agreement, uh, but what does that look like, and how do you do it? And uh, I hope you're asking that question. And so here at Christ Point, we really have four core E statements uh, that paint a picture of what that looks like. And the first one is encountering the life-transforming power of the Word of God. One of the ways that we point people to Jesus is by encountering the life-transforming power uh, of the Word of God. Uh, we believe as a people that God's Word is living and active. God uses His Word uh, to change us, right? He challenges us, He encourages us, He rebukes us, He chisels away things in our hearts that do not uh, belong there. He replaces it with uh, good and God-honoring things. And oftentimes, the means that God uses is His living and active Word. And so we believe that Scripture is not some cadaver to be dissected. We're not to take the Word of God and hold it up and simply go, well, what does it mean? Uh, we're to take the Word of God and apply it to our hearts and lives because God doesn't simply want us uh, to get Bible smart. He wants to change us. He wants us not simply to be hearers of the Word. He wants us uh, to be doers of the Word. And so as a church family, we want to be a people of the book, uh, people who know the Word of God but apply the Word of God. Um, it's, it's fascinating when you study the statistics nationally of people's involvement in the Word of God. And it seems like uh, for those folks, according to a recent study by George Barna, uh, who, who find themselves consistently in the Word, in applying the word. He defines it as Bible-centered. These are people who interact with the Bible frequently. Uh, the Bible is transforming to their relationships and shaping their choices. Uh, only 5% of people would say they kind of fall in that category. If you were to look on the other end of the spectrum, 48% would uh, say that they are Bible disengaged, which means that they interact with the Bible infrequently, if at all. It has minimal impact. Uh, on their lives. And then there's this group in between, right? And so as, as we, as the people of God, think about the Word of God, we want to be a people who interact with God's Word, not simply to know it, but so that it forms and shapes everything that we do. Um, and, and I get that uh, oftentimes that's a process, right? 
I don't know about you, but sometimes in the beginning of the year, you sit down and you make your plans for how you're going to interact with the Word of God this next year. You like say, I'm going to do these seven Bible reading plans, and I'm going to listen to this, and I'm going to send out that. And, and we start with these like big picture, grandiose plans of, of spending time in the Word. But if you're anything like me, sometimes by like the third of January, you're like, oh, I didn't finish my reading yesterday, you know? And you're like, oh, I'm playing catch-up. The reality is all of us fall uh, somewhere on this spectrum. And, and as a people, we want our folks simply to take their next step with the Word of God. Right? To simply take their next step with the Word of God. Um, I had the great joy and privilege last year of uh, writing a little devotional book that was uh, based out of 1 John. We're going to actually give it to um, our folks, give it to you as you leave uh, this morning. I tell people that it's concise and accessible, um, which is code for it's really short, and you don't have to have a PhD in astrophysics uh, to be able to interact with it, right? <laughs> but it's just simply a way to get, uh, to get folks into the Word, because we really believe that um, God uses His Word to form and shape and change His people. And so we want to be a people of the book. So one of the ways that we point people to Jesus is by encountering uh, the life-transforming power of uh, the Word of God. Another way that we do that is by experiencing authentic community. And so um, I've asked Phil to kind of talk to uh, our, our people this morning about when we say experiencing authentic community, what, is that, what does that look like? Like put, put kind of a definition around it. And then talk about some practical things maybe this year that we as a church can move toward as we seek to do that together. Sure. So, so one of the ways that we experience authentic community is, um, first you've got to define what it means. So what is authentic community? It's, it's real. It's being real. And we have been given so much grace, we get to give it away. And so... That's one of the ways that you experience all is, is realizing what you've been given and giving it away. Uh, also, it means we're a family. We're a family. It's, we aren't a clique. And, and also, if you think about, we, we've been loved so much. And so we need to speak truth and love to others. And and be real with that, and be willing to do that. And so there's a, there's a nice picture. Billy, can you hold this for me? There's a, nice, there's a nice picture of it in the gospel. So it's actually in Romans uh, 12, 5. And it says, uh, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So that's in Romans 12, 5. We're one. We're many, and yet God's given us each a gift. And so we are one in Christ. And so if you think about what authentic means, that's what it means. It means to, to, to we've been given a lot of grace. We need to, we, we need to give it away. Uh, family and love. And so, but what does that practically look like as we pursue it in community in 2020? Well, first thing is on Sundays. Think about Sundays. So we get to come here as a body of believers and, and hear the word of God. And so we believe that God has put us here for a purpose to be able to come and spend time with each other on Sundays. Uh, it's not a legalistic thing where you have to, we aren't taking attendance. 
Um, but we get to do life together and, and, and pursue him as a community. And where society says you don't need to go to church, it becomes less and less a priority because we get so busy. We believe that God has intentionally put his body of believers together to meet regularly on Sundays so that we can do life together. And so we want our body to prioritize that and, and to desire to be together uh, as a family on Sundays. Uh, but we know that 90 minutes on Sundays isn't the full Christian life. The rest of the week, we get to do life together, like wherever we are, whether it's at work, uh, at home, soccer field. And so we also believe that there's got to be some on-ramps. If we need to meet regularly throughout the week. So at Christ Point, there's four different ways uh, you can do that. The first, we, we have guys meeting over at Maple Street Biscuit on Wednesday mornings. And so that's a great opportunity for any dudes in here that, to get connected, to open, have, grab a free cup of coffee, open the word, and to be able to pray together. There's, there's also ladies, there's a ladies' ministry that meets on Thursday mornings and Wednesday nights. And so um, if you aren't plugged in as a lady, you can get connected there. Um, it's a great group of ladies who, again, we're, they're opening the word, they're, they're praying together, and uh, just doing life together. Uh, also, we have small groups all around the city. And so uh, if you aren't plugged into a small group, this is an opportunity to uh, for either men, women, singles, um, uh, families, to be able to do life together, grab a meal, open the word, and pray. And so, but if you're traveling during the week and you can't get to one of those during the week, we've created an opportunity for you on Sunday mornings in the gathering at nine o'clock. And so there's an opportunity there too. If you're busy during the week and you don't have, a, you can't get do that community, you get to come here on Sundays and do that. So we believe that God wants us in community. And there's four great opportunities either during the week or on Sundays for us to be able to do that. And so those are our on-ramps for our body of believers. And so right now, about 50% of our body is plugged into one of those four groups consistently. So our prayer is that if you aren't plugged into one of those four groups, that you would consider doing that to, to just sign up um, and just jump in and commit to it uh, because God wants us to be in community with each other. You can either email James at a simple email address, james at christpoint.com, or you can jump out. There's a table out there at the Christ Point Connect where you can uh, get plugged in there. So our goal this year is to move from about 50% of our body uh, in community to 75%. And so we'd ask for you guys to pray with us in that for those who aren't connected to stay connected, uh, to get connected. And if you are, to go deeper and more consistent in that. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate that. As you were, you were talking, I was thinking about uh, the author Bob Goff uh, tells, tells a story about he's, he's thought before about uh, what it's going to be like at the end of his life. And uh, you know, lying in bed, he goes, and I, and I look around the room, and he goes, I figure there's about seven people that'll fit around the bed. And so he goes, I just, I want to find my, like, my seven. You know, he's just saying, I just want to find my people, right? And, and that's really what we want for you. It's what we want for, for ourselves, is that you would have your people, you know, that people would, would know you, and people uh, would be known by you. And so we're chasing after that in, in 2020 together. Uh, another way that we point people to, to Jesus is by um, establishing a culture of joyful service. Establishing a culture of joyful service. 
Scripture teaches us that we are God's workmanship uh, created in Christ uh, Jesus. And, and God has a good work for us. He's got a good work for you. If God made you, if he dreamed you up before the foundation of the earth was ever laid, I want you to know that he has gifted and equipped you to serve. He's gifted and equipped you uh, to serve. Uh, scripture says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love uh, serve one another. Serve one another. It is a beautiful thing when you see the body of Christ coming together, using the gifts and abilities that God has given to them uh, to serve one another. I experienced this yesterday uh, when a number of our students came over uh, to my house and we put them to work. There was this part of me that thought, I don't know if this is allowed. Um, I know I shouldn't feel as happy as I do right now watching my little minions get to work and spread mulch around my house. But it, just was, it was just a beautiful thing. Uh, the students had a really cool opportunity to go next door uh, to my next door neighbor's house and just to, just to bless them. He didn't know it was coming. Uh, we sent some people over there to, uh, to, to clean up his, his yard and spray power wash his house. And I just thought to myself, man, what a, what a cool opportunity that we have been given uh, to serve the Lord. I think one of the great tragedies in the church is we set up service in such a way that oftentimes it comes across as something that we have to do or that we're twisting someone's arm in order to do it. You know, like you stand up in front of everyone on Sunday morning and you're like, we really need someone for the nursery this morning. Anyone? Anyone? And you see people start to slouch in their chairs. <laughs> like, I hope he doesn't notice me. Like, that's not what service is about. That is not the picture that God paints in his word. Service is worship. Service is worship. And so scripture says to serve the Lord with gladness. Service is not something that we have to do. It is something that we get to do. Service is a great privilege. It's a great privilege. The God of the universe, the God of the universe who made us and knows us and loves us like looks upon you and invites you to come be a part of what he is doing around the world for his namesake. And nothing in the world beats that. Nothing in the world beats that. To be able to come alongside what God is doing and be able to use gifts that he has given to us uh, to serve others. Like when, when you serve, you win. It's the way that God set it up. It's amazing uh, to think about. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 when he says the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. That word indispensable means absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary. Uh, oftentimes when we think about service in the context of a local church, we can uh, put service into particular categories in terms of uh, these are the important jobs or roles and these are the less important roles. Right? Like these are the, the upfront people, these are the important people, and these are the behind-the-scenes people. Right? But, but Scripture does not put people into categories. 
a scripture looks at the body of Christ and says, if you are part of the body, regardless of how you have been gifted or equipped, guess what? You are absolutely necessary. You are an indispensable part of the body of Christ. So we believe at Christ's point that God invites us to experience the joy of serving him and serving his people. Nothing, nothing, nothing beats it. Uh, this year in 2020, we're praying that God would strategically uh, raise up uh, volunteer leaders in a couple uh, key areas. One of them is a raising a volunteer leader uh, to oversee small group ministry. We really believe that our way forward as a church uh, is through uh, group, small group ministry. And it's it, it's not primarily a Sunday experience. It's being in a group with people who know you and love you and can speak truth into your life. This is what Phil uh, just shared a moment ago. And, and so we're praying that God would raise up someone in our church who, who has a passion for a community and seeing leaders grow and develop. Uh, we're praying and asking God for a, a volunteer relations uh, person, someone who's passionate ab about hearing people's stories understanding how God has gifted and equipped them and seeing them set free uh, to serve the local church body. Uh, and finally, we're praying uh, to God that he would provide someone who uh, serves as a volunteer relations person or, or I'm sorry, an assimilation person, someone uh, who helps people as they walk through the door uh, get from point A uh, to point Z. People come and they visit and they go, what's the next step for me? How do I plug in? Where do I go? Uh, we want someone who is overseeing that ministry that's helping people get plugged into uh, the body of the church. We don't want people uh, who, who come and slide uh, through the cracks. Right? So in addition to praying that God would provide a, a staff part-time worship person on staff, we're praying for those key uh, leaders. We're asking that God would stir in the hearts uh, of his people a longing and a desire and a passion uh, to serve. And so one of the ways uh, that we point people to Jesus is by establishing a culture of joyful service. And finally, that last E, uh, we talk about engaging all people. And so, Billy, uh, if you would paint a picture for us of what that looks like, what does it mean to engage all people, and then share some about ways that we're pursuing that together as a church. Just hang on. Yes. Hello, uh, Christ Point. I'm noticing a trend that I'm usually sit here and fidget the longest and talk at the end. So hopefully I haven't been a distraction. Um, yeah, I'm grateful to be here. We uh, These four E's, uh, the, the vision of pointing people to Jesus in the four E's were things that we spent uh, an agonizing, uh, agonizingly uh, significant amount of time uh, praying over, thinking over, discussing. And in particular with the engaging all people, there was a part of me that said, I, I have a problem with the word all. I mean, can we not drill down a little bit? I mean, who? And then I, I was thinking about, well, how do you, and I mentioned this in a, in a conversation not long ago, how, who would we cut out, right? I mean, who, who do we not? Do we just want to engage suburban folks? Do we just want to engage Christians? Do we just want to engage people in our zip code, our neighborhood, our workout facility, our work, wherever. Um, and so we left the word all so that we could, we could wrestle with that. What does it mean to engage all people? Um, and Scripture is very clear that, that 
salvation and finishing well is a community project. I mean, it, it, we've talked about it with, in terms of the authentic community, but this, that so um, seeps into this particular area of engaging all people. And I, I see it as, and I think the, the guys would agree, we see it as um, engaging each other. So um, the people that you're in church with, the people that are sitting near you on the same row as you or in the same vicinity as you, are people that uh, you should know. They're your brothers. They're your sisters. Um, they're not just um, a stranger that happens to show up at the same church at the same time. Uh, if we're a body of believers, then you have much more in common with that person beside you that you don't know than you do your, you know, redneck cousin that you grew up with that's really far from Jesus. So um, I know we see family as the people we spend holidays with and people that we have to spend time with whether we want to or not. I think biblically, um, our mother, Jesus talks about, my mother, my, my sister, these are, that's these that are here, and that's true here. And so in, engaging each other is vital. Moving into conversations with each other is important, um, not only for them, but for you, for me. Um, the other one is there's a, if you look at your row, there's an empty seat probably on that row, and so we want to fill that seat. Not so that we can say we did, but so because there's someone in your, in your sphere of influence and in your circle that is far from Jesus that may never even think of Jesus that just thinks this, is, this world is it. And at some point, they're going to get hit with the reality that there might be some questions that they don't have answers to. And I don't think we all have to have answers to those questions, but we certainly need to uh, have uh, be prayerfully in thinking about how to engage those people and, and draw them in. And so we want Christ Point to be a place that, that everyone is welcome uh, from that standpoint. Um, the other thing that I um, am constantly reminded of when I read Scripture is that Jesus makes me uncomfortable. Um, the story of the Good Samaritan makes me uncomfortable. Um, because he seems, the scripture seems to make a significant role. If you think about who does God care about the most that he wants to go pursue, it's the widow, it's the orphan, it's the alien, it's the person that nobody wants anything to do with. And he is passionate about those. And there's a scene that Jesus gives where he talks about when we're giving an account, and he says, you fed me, you clothed me, you visited me. And the believers are, are saying, when did we do that? And he said, when you did it to the least of these. Um, and that makes me uncomfortable. Because, and so the only way I know how to deal with discomfort is to move into it. I'm either going to figure out a way to get away from it, which I can't because the Holy Spirit won't let me, or I'm going to move into it. So I move into it, and that's why I'm flat in the center of our engaging all people because I can't think of a better way to wrestle with all these things than to get into it and wrestle. Okay, And so um, we want to intentionally engage people. So again, as, as James said, we want to point people to Jesus. We want to engage people. How do we do that? There are a few things we're doing. I, I see these things as, um, as aligning locally and aligning uh, or, or kind of geographically local. And, and international. Okay, so we want to add a local ministry partner that we come alongside and that comes alongside us that is in the trenches every day, 
they are rescuing uh, orphans. They are pursuing uh, the least of these people that are trafficked, people that are um, that are just have nobody advocating for them. And um, what I'm amazed at is the more conversations I have with people that are involved in these kind of ministries, the more I realize when it, that that there aren't a ton of churches that are moving into that. Some are. There there are some very good ones. Don't mishear me. But but it's not like every church has decided that they want to move into those kind of those kind of conversations and those kind of relationships. And so we met with someone on Friday that we're going to have further conversations with. There are others that we're having conversations with where we want to establish a local ministry partner. Um, I'm over the GO team, which uh, consists of Lottie, Becky, and Denise, and myself. Um, every time I say that, I just feel completely out of my league when I mention their names. Um, and they will tell you that there are certain things we have to remember. One of those is that these ministries are going to be, these partnerships are probably going to be muddy. Um, they're probably not ready for us, just like we may not be ready for them. There's some, I was joking with a guy, one of the guys back in the back, and I said, you and I are really good at awkward. He goes, I, I, I am an expert at awkward, and I know how to navigate through awkward. I think that's biblical. I think I think God calls us to move into awkward conversations and relationships that don't seem right on the on the surface, um, and that that seem to be where okay, God, if you don't show up in this, it's gonna it's gonna get funky quick. So we want to partner with a local ministry, and again, there there could be some ebb and flow to that. We're not marrying anybody forever. We're gonna try to find somebody and, and explore operations or situations where we can have a maximum impact, not just financially, but but on the ground. We want to go. We want to, we want to serve. We want to be a part. And we don't want it to be just the, oh, here comes the church. Let's figure out something for them to do. We want it to be somebody that needs what we have to offer and because and, we need them. They need us. We want people that need us, but we need them desperately. Um, the second thing is we want to grow the Samaritan's Purse Gone event that we had back in October, November, whenever it was. I can't remember, but it was not too long ago. It was really, really good. Denise uh, knocked it out of the park. Becky and Lottie and a handful of other people. I threw the football. I was really good at that. Um, I slung that across the room a few times and scared some people. But um, that was a, an awesome event. We want that to be better. We did 200 boxes. The goal this year, I, I'm pretty sure, is going to be 300 or more. Uh, we're going to start talking about that during the year to how to prepare for that. We're going to have to work on logistics. We want to we want to outpunch our weight. You boxing fans, we want to we want to be the pound for, pound for pound heaviest puncher on the planet. So that's what we're going to do. Um, the third thing is we want to explore an additional international trip. Um, Honduras is coming up. You're going to see a video about it. You need to go if you can. You need to at least pray about it or consider it. You don't need to pray long. Scripture says to go. So at some point, we just need to go. Um, there are a handful of us that want to do that. Maybe there are 20, however, there, however many there are. We want to do that. We want to do that well. It will be the sixth year we've gone. We want to explore an additional trip um, to the Middle East and some other places. So we are, we are growing that. Um, I need that. I need to go. It's, it, it is uncomfortable. Um, the night before I go, when I'm going on a plane and I'm getting on a certain airline that I've never heard of before, um, there's a part of me that's going, am I really called to do this? Does Jesus really want me to take this kind of risk? 
because this is risky to get on an airline I've never heard of. Well, something, just put one foot in front of the other and let's go. So we want to be a people that go. We want to be a people that engage everybody. Um, and then this, uh, probably at least as important, if not more important than anything I've said, we want this particular E, engaging all people, to drip down and, and filter down into every single ministry we do at Christ Point. We want our students thinking about how to engage others. We want our kids thinking about how to engage others. We want our small groups we want to talk about it on Sunday morning. We want to talk about it on Wednesday morning. We want to talk about it when we get together. That, that we need to be engaging others that need what we have. Um, and so that's what we're, we're putting some inten intentionality around. It'll continue to grow, but that's um, kind of the long and short of it. Feel free to add to that. I think, I think that's great, Billy. The, the one thing that I, I would just re remind you of is our heart is to engage all people and uh, as, as a church family, we want to be really strategic in those partnerships. And so our, our goal is not that someone would look at our, our website or hear communicated on Sunday morning, boy, you guys, you guys do a lot. Uh, we we want to do a few things really, really well. Right? And, and we Bingo. Pardon me? Bingo. Oh, is that like, a, is that like an amen? Uh, now I totally forgot what else I was going to say. <laughs> it was really good. It was really good. Yeah, we, we, we just want to go deep. We, we understand and say, and this is true in life, anytime you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Right? So, so we want to know what we're going to say yes to so we can freely say no. And then, and then we want those ministry partnerships that we have, man, we want to go deep. We want to go deep. And, and, and we are. And we will continue to uh, in, in the days ahead. And any other thoughts about that? That piece. I'm sure, I'll have about a half dozen as soon as I walk down there. But for I now, I think I'm good. so. No, that's great. Hey, can I share with you guys like a, a personal thing, real quick? I was thinking about this. Um, you can't really say no, so I have I <clears throat> I have the microphone. Uh, listen, God, uh, God saved me when I was a little boy. I was like five, six years old. And, uh, and he used my parents to do it. He used the local church to do it, but he, he used the, just the faithful witness of my mom and dad. And um, five, five or six years old, and so by the grace of God, I've been, been walking with the Lord now for, I guess, 35 years. I'm 41 years old, just to kind of put it out there. And, um, and as I was thinking about these four E statements, I thought God has, has, has been gracious and kind to me over the years, in allowing me to, to experience this. Like I was thinking about encountering the life-transforming power of the Word of God. Like I can't tell you how many times over the course of the last 35 years um, I found myself in, in God's Word and God used it to, to convict me or to, sh to sharpen me or to remind me or like fill in the blank. There's been seasons where like my little, my, my little checks next to my reading plan are absent and I just come back to the word thirsty, and he meets me. There's times when life has been good and sweet, and I've come to the, to the Lord in his word, and I've rejoiced with him in the Psalms. Like, there, there's been times when I felt lonely, or when I felt wrong, or I was despondent or depressed. Like, fill in the blank, and I've come to the word, and God has met me. And here's the thing, I don't think I'm the only one. 
One of the cool things about being a pastor in a place for a, for a longer period of time is you begin to see the work that God is doing over the course of a lifetime. Like, we want microwave, we want instant. God oftentimes works over 20, 30, 40 years. Right? It, it takes a, a lifetime. But one of the cool things about being in this seat is I've known some of you now for 7, 8, 9, 10 years, and I've heard your story, I've seen your story, and you've said to me, God, I've, I've gone from, or James, I've gone from not being in God's Word, from not knowing God, to loving His Word. And I go, Praise God. Like when, when I think about experiencing authentic community, I look out at faces who I've known for years that God has used in my heart and in my life to shape me into who I am today. There are men in my life that God has sent where if something happened to me, I know that my bride and my kids would be in good hands. That is community. And, and I had a phone call just this last week from someone who said, James, is there somewhere, some way that we can meet more often together as a church? Man, I love these people. When I, when I think about establishing a culture of joyful service, I think about the joy that God has allowed me to experience in doing something that He has equipped me and called me to do. I love the quote from Eric Liddell in the movie Chariots of Fire. If you haven't seen it, go watch it or read Eric Liddell's story. He's having a conversation with his sister Jenny. He's an Olympic runner, and he says, Jenny, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. Listen, when you do what God has called you and equipped you to do, you feel the pleasure of God. You experience joy. A number of months ago, I talked to a friend whose life was just crazy busy, and I said, hey, like, do you, sh should you, like, pull back a little bit? Should you, like, call a timeout and, and slow your roll a little? Like, you're just so, so busy. Let's pull you away from some of the things that you are doing. And he said, sent me a note back, and he's like, James, like, I love this. I love, like, I can't imagine doing anything else. Like, it's good for my soul. Like, how amazing is it that God has gifted us and wired us in such a way that when we serve, we win. Like, He allows us to experience joy. As I thought about that idea of engaging all people, I think God has been so gracious and kind to me to allow me to just at least taste that in part. I think about the joy and the privilege that He's given to me, not only to be your pastor here in this place, uh, but to go around the world with the gospel, to go to China and Cuba and Honduras and Bolivia. And I thought, like, who, like, who am I? Like, I've experienced uh, the joy of doing that, and I am not the only one. Uh, just the other day, I was talking to one of my boys, and I was like, hey, what do you think about Honduras this year? I ask him every year. I don't want to twist their arm. I don't want to force them to go. Like, I'm not looking to get a stamp on their passport. It's, it's not something for me to go, like, I'm a good dad. My kids went around the world. I, like, I want to know, like, do you, do you want to go? And my boy said, Dad, I want to go. It's, it's good for me. It's good for my heart. It's good for my soul. That, incidentally, is not a bad reason to go. Right? When, when we pursue Jesus, when we chase after Jesus, when we follow Jesus, like, we experience joy. So my question for you, 
Christ's point is like, what if, like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if we were a people of the book? What if we love the Word of God because we loved God? What if we took the words that have been given to us and applied them to our hearts and to our lives and it radically changed the way that we lived? What if, what if, what if we were a, a people who radically pursued authentic Christian community as painted for us in Scripture? What if we simply gave our lives away for the sake of the person sitting to your left or to your right in front of you or behind you? What if what if, what if you took the gifts and abilities that God has given to you and you use them to bless the people sitting next to you and you use them for his name's sake? Like what if, what if, what if, what, what if you were intentional and we were intentional about engaging the people around us this morning? And what if we were intentional and gave our lives away uh, for this community and for uh, the world, uh, for his name's sake. Man, that, that, my friends, is compelling. And it is a beautiful story. It's a story that God has called us to as a church and as a people. And I pray that you might be a part of it and God would do great things for his name's sake. Listen, none of this just simply happens unless God moves. And so I want to pray I want to invite you to bow with me in prayer and like pray toward this end. Say, God, I, I want to be a person of your book. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm infrequent, maybe I am, but just say, God, I want your words to seep into my heart, into my soul, and I want to be changed uh, by, by your word. Uh, to pray like, God, I, I, want, I want to experience that community. Maybe you have it, maybe you've experienced it, maybe you long for it, but you want it. Just pray to the God of the universe and say, God, would you do that? here in me right now. Pray, God, you've, you've gifted me. You've equipped me. Maybe you don't know what those gifts and abilities are, but you feel like he's put something in you, and you want to use those for his name's sake. Pray that God would move in such a way that he'd open your eyes and that you would move and act. Pray to the God of the universe that you would have the joy and the privilege of engaging the world around you uh, for his name's sake. And so would you do that now? Would you pray with me? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, and we're just going to spend the time praying together. And I'm going to close this down in just, in just a minute. But would you bow with me and pray, and let's pray toward uh, that end.